ladies and gentlemen, as the tour of duty has officially started. However, the roster still is ever-changing. FSU is still in on a few transport targets. We'll talk about that and more on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Dave, let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today in the stream yard, I got Mr. David Wise, a.k.a. Mr. Lawyer Man himself. David, get pasa, amigo. Drake, it is another great day here in Seminole Nation. Everything just keeps going wrong for everybody else. It's This doesn't feel like a realistic, it feels like a parallel universe we're living in where like everything's finally going right for us and I'm here for this ride. Uh, No worries, folks. In today's episode, folks, is brought to you by friends, our friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Please post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on calls. As always, folks, terms and conditions do apply. Now, Dave, the transfer portal has been kind of a boon for Mike Norvell and company. Mike Norvell, it's it just seems pretty that he's probably the most elite coach out there when it comes to actually targeting his basically what he who what players he wants to bring into his system through the portal. And I don't think we're done yet. I still think as fans want to know, they want to have, you know, some more help with the safety spot, maybe another defensive back as well to pair uh, with Fentrell Cypress as well as Renardo Green. And we have two players that did enter the portal from the national champions. That was Jaheim Singletary, the safety. I want to say he's from the Fort Myers area. I'm going to double check that while well, you go off and Tresme Marshall, a linebacker. Dave, how integral will these two pieces actually be to FSU if they're added? And also, is this, are these two players that fans should be soaked about if they do make their trip down to, make their journey back to down Tallahassee? Okay, so Jaheim Singletary, um, he's from the Jacksonville area. I, I can Thank confirm you. that for you. Uh, but Jaheim Singletary is a recent five-star in the class of 2022, so we're not having to go far back uh, relating to his evaluation and that guy's talent level. Uh, 247 had him as the 27th best player in the country overall, the fifth best corner, fifth best player in the state of Florida. That is a lot of talent. And we at the safety position right now have an obvious void. Uh, The departure of Jamie Robinson, I don't think you can just say we'll be fine in that instance because obviously our DBs throughout last year didn't play as well as we expected them to. I think that's the most talented unit on the team. And that's obvious considering Mike Norvell made a change uh, with Woodson at the DB coach position and uh, bringing in Pat Sertain. So obviously everybody on the staff knew the same thing to be true. And now you take the best player out of your DB room. And one of the best players, arguably the best player on the defense, you remove him. He's going to the NFL draft. Hope he does well. But What's left on the roster to replace Jamie Robinson? There's options, but there's no, I don't think there's a clear cut. We feel good about this. So Singletary, uh, I think is the kind of kid whose talent level lends you to believe that he has the potential to fill in that role. I don't think you would expect somebody who's a five-star in his second year playing college football to be Jamie Robinson. Jamie Robinson was a special player. Uh, You know, I, I think he probably was a little unheralded at Florida state. He, 
he was one of the best players on the team throughout his time here. So I, I think you have to add to the roster and just give yourself more options for answers. And Singletary is a big body. That, that's a kid that's 6'2", and he was playing, uh, he had 10 interceptions and 20 pass breakups uh, at the varsity level. That's that's good production in Florida high school football. So obviously the kid has ball skills. Obviously he has all the talent measurables. So yes, we need to bring a kid like that into the fold at the safety position. I think I saw somebody on Twitter say that he posted something about being homesick. Um, and Florida State would be, I think, the closest main school to what where Jacksonville is. Uh, so it, it kind of makes sense in terms of if he really is homesick uh, for him to be here. Obviously, Georgia's not that far away, but for the for purposes of the roster, yes, adding him would give us another potential solution at the safety spot, which we need. No, I completely agree with that. Even though I do think Jaheim Singletary, that's a player that you definitely do need someone to pair off with Akeem Den because Akeem Den, as you all know, actually is confirmed yep. to be coming back this year. Sydney Williams was part of your safety depth, but what I think was transitioning to linebacker, now he actually formally committed to Mizzou actually since entering the portal. Uh, James Singletary is a player that you need to basically help you out there, even though I do think it's going to be it is a little bit going to be difficult because I also homesick. I mean, I remember he correctly. I think he was trending strong into Florida prior to actually making the commitment to Georgia, but I definitely see this as a player that great ball skills, great positioning, and simply now with Pat Sertain, like you were saying, this is a coach that walks you to be able to develop in pretty well. And now for uh, Tresman Marshall, sorry, not Tresman, but Tresman Marshall, linebacker, I think he's a class of 2019 kid, top 150, 122 overall in the country per 247 sports composite. What can you tell the folks about him? All right, here's what I'll tell you about Tresman Marshall. Um, he was the 20th best defender on that Georgia defense. And the 20th best defender on the Georgia defense is basically anyone's best defender. Not literally, but obviously. I, I, by like math and common sense right. and by watching the TCU Move game, it's like, turning on like, like that. Like, yeah. Is that what you do? Something, yeah. something like that. So Tresman Marshall, 20th best player on Georgia's defense last year. Um, he excelled against the run. Uh, I, I feel much, much, much better, as I'm sure you do and most of everybody who watches Florida State football do about the linebacking group. Competence, if not above average last year for the first time since Kelvin Smith was here. Um, it's been a while. So yeah. point being, you added in Tatum Bethune and you saw the development of the, the pretty profound development of Kalen Deloach. And obviously, the, so those are your two guys right now that you're sure of. Um, but there's, you know, there's never a bad thing about having three linebackers whose production, not just like talent level, whose production you trust. Um, and you look, there's a use for that linebackers. One of the positions we identified as what would you still consider targeting in this class? I think we said safety. We mm -hmm. said always a linebacker. You'll always take an offensive lineman and you know, you'll always take another defensive lineman. But I think other than that, we're good. Um, so yeah, linebacker, linebacker and specifically Tresman Marshall uh, makes a lot of sense. I think played 170 snaps last year, um, registered a sack, registered two hurries, uh, two hits on the quarterback. So look, add him into the mix also at linebacker. It's very similar to safety where we don't necessarily have like a Jamie Robinson leaving from the linebacking corpse, but there's still production to be had to add to that linebacking corpse, especially so you can play like a four, three and feel really, really good about it. No, I mean, I like that too as well. It kind of helps out basically. No, DJ Lundy has been incredibly developmental wise over the past few seasons. Same sure. thing with Kalen Deloach, Tatum Bethune probably being 
the most important piece to re- one of the most important pieces to return besides Fabian Lovett and Jordan Travis simply because when he was fully healthy last year, you could see how dynamite he was in the middle. But also, you, we have probably, I think, an emergence of a Brendan Gant who made the switch from safety to linebacker. I'm actually very excited to see what he has in store for him. But you can never have too much depth. And that's something that basically we saw last year that was tested along the along both both trenches, both sides of the ball last season. So I think Travis and Marshall will be a great, great addition. Dave, you know who's a great addition to the Lockdown family? I feel like you're going to tell me anyways. Folks, here's our friends over at LinkedIn. That's right, folks. LinkedIn Talent Solutions, today's title sponsor, because folks, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, can you can hire the qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles, people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Dave, you're a big LinkedIn guy, right? That is right, Drake. I not only use LinkedIn just because everybody, every professional uses LinkedIn these days. I have used it as a job seeker, uh, or, or excuse me, a, a as an employer trying to find somebody to work for our law firm. Yeah, and, well, yeah I've used it for that too. So yeah. right, and and it is really hard these days to find a paralegal. LinkedIn is where everybody is. That's where the most qualified candidates you're going to find are, especially if you're looking for somebody in the legal profession, but plenty of other professions as well. Everybody's on LinkedIn. It's free. It's easy. You get matched with candidates who actually make sense to interview. There is absolutely no reason you shouldn't try it if you're looking for uh, candidates for a position. Listen today, folks, because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free, for free, most importantly, for the free. As always, terms and conditions do apply. All right, folks, we are back. We are rocking and rolling here on Locked On Symbols, your favorite daily Florida Symbols podcast. And we want to thank each and every single one of you for making us your first listen each and every single day. As always, folks, we are this close to 2,000 subs. So please don't forget. Like the video, hit the subscribe button at tippy tippy top and ding the little bell so you know when new content drops. Now, Dave, speaking of content, we had a very important thing that happened this weekend, and that was FSU's first junior day of the offseason. We always say that's important. This is the first year, probably the first offseason, actually, Mike Norvell was able to kind of sell a winning culture, a winning program to kids not only in 2024, but also in 2025, too, as well, as we have players like a Charles Lester, the five-star cornerback from a 2024 class, a Hubert Khalees Jr., a Tramel Jones Jr., who is also a five-star quarterback. Well, not five-star, but he's someone that actually has high aspirations heading to the next level. So, Dave, what was the what do you how do you think the feeling, I guess, was was at this junior day camp? Because primarily the vibes right now for the program are immaculate. Yeah, it's it's readily apparent that the proposition we all had where if you win, they will come right? Like if, if we get better at football and we put that on display, the recruiting will necessarily follow. And I think a lot of fans were frustrated at this last recruiting cycle that it didn't materialize into high school recruiting success. But you have to keep in mind that the recruiting process in college, you're not, you're not when you're recruiting towards like national signing day for the current class, You've had relationships with those kids built for years. They've probably already made their decision a long, long time ago. It's really hard to get in the game late with information. And the success of Florida State this season was really late in the game in terms of information for a recruit to consider in whether to go to which school, right? So Mm -hmm. the 2024 class really is the first class that our winning should should have a major impact on because we have a year until National Signing Day. 
You have plenty to sell now. And not only do you have a lot to sell of your program, you have the easiest path now in the friggin' world to negative recruit the two schools you're probably going up against in Florida and Miami. So relatively speaking, this is about as good as you could feel heading into a junior day and into the next recruiting class. We already have a top five class in the country. Right now, we have the composite number four class for the 2024 class. Uh, Cam Davis headlining uh, that class. He's the number two running back in the country. Uh, mm -hmm. five, composite five star. Um, but that class is already pretty loaded up. You already have four other five or four stars in that class, including our quarterback, Luke Kromenach. You have a wide receiver and two safeties. So it's spread around offense and defense already. Um, you're going to have, here's what's concerning to me. Lots of good. Lots of good about the junior day. Lots about Florida State to sell. The concerning thing to me is how many players that your success in 2023 is going to require you to replace. Because there is a real good chance that a dozen or so of our best players are gone. Like we're talking about Jordan Travis. We're talking about Trey Benson, Johnny Williams. We're talking about Fabian Wilson. Lovett. Or, damn it, Johnny Wilson. We're talking about Fabian Lovett. We're talking about um, who, who am I missing? Oh, we're talking about Tatum Bethune. We're talking about Akeem Dent. We're like, like all of our headline players are gone after this year, especially if we play better this year. If, if we win 11, 10, 11 plus games next year, that's more likely that those kids are going to leave. So you have to nail it. I think with this class in terms of both talent level, time to step it up to play with the big boys and in terms of filling positions of need that you're anticipating are going to be departing. And that's why I was really integral to see how Mike Norvell and company kind of attacked the portal. Because if you see a lot of the players, like I know Braden Fisk, he's a player. I think he's a one and done. I think this is like his fifth or sixth year. You do have other players like a Daryl Jackson. I think he has two more years. You also have a few players. I think Fentel Cypress is one and done. But you do see, I think, one or two or three of the transfer portal kids actually have more than one year of eligibility remaining if they want it, if they do choose to use those. But you're right. Like this 24 class will be very integral to basically saying we need to replenish because, like you said, there's about 13 to 15 kids on this roster right now that will either will either have the opportunity to go or they will exhaust their eligibility fully. And that's something that that's why next year I think is so integral for basically us taking the next step and most likely winning the AC championship game because we're actually going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of holes on this roster to replenish. And now with you saying like Cameron Davis, great player, Jordan Pride, same thing, Camden Freer, son of former uh, FSU receiver back in the day. Those are all great talents, but they also are going to be freshmen when they enter here. So that's why also 23 was so important. That's why the transfer portal, we want to see more players coming in, have more years of eligibility. Now, am I worried? No, because I feel like Mike Novell has shown that basically recruiting-wise, he actually is a good recruiter because I know folks that while high school level isn't that great, recruiting still has to happen in the transfer portal. It's not like you, it's, the recruiting is, is not only relegated or is exclusively to high schoolers. But I think you're right, Dave, that's what 24, that with the winning culture, it couldn't have come at a better time because, quite frankly, FSU is going to need to restart the coverage and quick. Yeah, and it's funny you said that about the high school and transfer recruiting because Jaheim Singletier is actually a perfect example of this. Um, he was a 2022 prospect. That's only one cycle ago. And mm -hmm. already you have a chance to get a guy like that, a five-star, a very recent five-star back in the fold. So how is a kid one year removed from high school? How is recruiting him really practically speaking any different than recruiting a transfer player? It's, it's not, it's the same thing. Um, but setting that aside, we're getting a real time case study in what Mike Norvell is going to be all about because He's already attained some success now at Florida State. Uh, we're going into the year with the highest expectations I think we've had since 2015. And 
we're going to lose a lot of players, both because we're going to be good and because guys are going to leave and go make their money in the NFL. So and also they, can't, they also can't play another year. I think a lot of players like this is their last right. last last year too as well. Right. So we're going to learn how Mike Norvell does in terms of reloading versus rebuilding, because there's a lot of coaches and schools out there where after a year, like next year for Florida state, where we lose the amount of talent and production we're going to that they would be in a full rebuild mode. Right? So we're going to learn an awful lot about Mike Norvell's ability to reload versus rebuild and how sustainable the transfer portal is. That's the big buzzword heading around on Twitter right now is, Mm -hmm. is the transfer portal sustainable? Well, guess what? We're going to find out really quick in 2024 because so many holes in the roster. Can you plug those right away with high profile and high talent and high production transfer portal kids? If the answer to that's yes, and we experience no fall off in 2024 from next year, I think we've proven that the transfer portal can just be used fungibly with high school recruiting, which would be great to learn. No, that'd be, I mean, it's going to be a fascinating, I think case is the best way to put that. And also this is why I think not this year, but next season, we're going to learn in the 2024 season, it's going to be really evident to see actually how big the Keldrick Falk kind of, I guess, you know, flip actually to Auburn yeah. is going to have an effect on because that will be his year two. And he would be asked to contribute in year two, much like Patrick Payton did this past season. And we'll see whether or not basically, I mean, that'll be probably the kind of like the one the pin we can pinpoint on saying like, hey, we still need to stick, stick strongly to high school recruiting even more than transport, but we'll see about that at a later date. But you know what we don't have to see about it until a later date, Dave? What is that? There's our friends over at Bet Online, folks. Yeah. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your latest sports action. And it's that time of year again. It's the Fade Dave segment of the year, of the millennia, of the week, of the day, of the show. Dave, yeah. we're running out of sports to bet on because I know you're not a hockey guy. I know you don't watch basketball that much. So we're going to do a lot. Now? No, not not cricket. We'll, uh, we'll we'll wait till a friend of ours comes back on the sofa and cricket. But we all know that you're a huge baseball fan, yes. so we're gonna do some baseball futures here. And let's start with your own division, the AL East. Right now, your Yankees are favored to win the division at plus one ten, followed by the Blue Jays at plus two twenty, the Rays, boo, at plus three hundred, the Orioles at plus sixteen hundred, and strangely enough, the Boston Red Sox dead last as well at plus sixteen hundred. Dave, where should the folks be taking their money for betting on the AL East for 2023? Okay, so just really quick high-level stuff here. I do think the Yankees win the AL East next year, not just because I'm a fan. I think they easily have the most talented roster, albeit underperforming most of the time. Um, I, 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 I like I, I like their additions uh, to I like their addition to the rotation actually this time, which I never praise Brian Cashman on what he does uh, with the rotation, but I think the Yankees are in the best shape in the AL East going into next year. I expect them to win it. That Blue Jays bet, what did you say it was plus 220? That's great value. I love that value too. Big too. Man. That is a team that very easily could and wouldn't surprise me at all if they win the AL East and even compete for the AL championship or the World Series. So Blue Jays, definitely the best value bet. But practically speaking, I expect the Yankees to win it. Yeah, practically speaking, folks, I do think the Yankees have a great lineup. Who was their, who was their offseason pitching edition real Rodan. quick? Oh, damn. They got, oh, they got calls for it on. But also, Frankie Montez, folks, is also probably out until the middle or end of May. So I think Toronto Blue Jays, like Dave was saying, best value of plus 20. You got Bo Bichette. You got Vladdy Guerrero Jr. there. And also, they got some great, really sneakily decent starting pitching. So, folks, head on over to Bell Line today. And you can go locked on L O C K E D O N to get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, promo code locked on L O C K E D O N because Bell Line, folks, is where the game starts. 
Okay, Dave. Yes. We have reached the end of the show. As always, as is tradition, I'm going to hand the ball to you. Where do you want to go towards the end of this? You unintentionally just segued perfectly into this. Speaking of handoffs, I want to talk about something here that we haven't really talked much about. Oh, God, I'm scared. No, no, don't be scared here. Well, maybe. I don't know. So Treshawn Ward obviously entered the transfer portal, and he's now in Manhattan, Kansas, Kansas, playing for Kansas State next year. Um, great for him. Great for him. Treshawn Ward carried the ball 234, uh, or took 234 snaps last year, uh, which is only about 120 less than Trey Benson. So he took substantial snaps last year and was the third highest graded player on our offense. He was, for, for reference, Johnny Wilson was a top 10 receiver in the country last year in terms of his grade, mm-hmm. and Treshawn Ward graded higher than Johnny Wilson did. So we're talking about... You know, the fact that he used to be a walk on the fact that he left that also, you know, whatever he, he's not here anymore, but he was one of the most productive players on our team. That kid had incredible vision, patience and balance. Uh, and it's a loss. The question is. With Trey Benson and behind him, obviously, guys like Lawrence Toafili, Rodney Hill um, and Kazai Holmes, who I think, like we always say, we forget about him. I forgot until hey, just hey, and CJ, CJ Campbell, the other PWO who also looks actually really, really damn good. Sure. The question is. Do you think what's behind Trey Benson can come together and cumulatively equal what you got out of Treshawn Ward last year and what you would have expected to get out of him this year? That's really hard. I think like production wise, like yard wise, yes. I do think that basically I think I think Rodney Hill kind of showcased that he might actually go a pass and supplant Lawrence Del Philly for the number two spot, even though I do think Lawrence Del Philly when he's out more in space, he's kind of a the dynamic, kind of like the elusive yeah. back. Like he has, like he has, he has pretty decent vision, but not the same vision. I don't think any of the backs that we have right now have the same elite vision and patience like Trayshawn Ward. That's something that you saw him. I mean, he's. I think what this is was his fourth year this season, actually at Florida State. So he had all that time, you know, everything else to develop. I think Rodney Hill though can definitely kind of you know take a lot of that out. Lawrence Tofili, I think, is great with the ball in his hands too as well. I think Keziah Holmes, though, is going to be the uh, kind of the mystery man here out of all the entire running back room because he was someone that was back in high school I was very high on when it came to speed, when it came to power, all of that, all of those good things. And that was someone that, quite frankly, we always forget to talk about because yeah. he came in as a scout team player and he's at all, I think, since one November to kind of like learn the playbook, learn the routes, learn everything else. So to me, when you have this five head, you have like now a five headed monster overall, like a, uh, a kind of, was it not the, uh, the thing from Hercules with the all the, the Hydra. You basically have a Hydra yeah. now actually as a, of a running back room. And so to me, I think the answer is yes, but we probably won't get that answer yes until maybe like halfway through the season. Yeah, and I, I guess the part that, that just makes me wonder is, I prefer, I mean, in pretty much every sport situation, regardless of the sport, you prefer quality over quantity. Like you would rather have an ace starting pitcher than five guys you're not sure about, but that maybe together could be good or like maybe one of them out of that crop will end up being good you'd rather have the known quantity Treshawn Ward was a known quantity um and he continued I think to get better and better by the week by the year in his time at Florida State Mm -hmm. so there's no questioning that that's a loss I think there is reason to think you can replace his production with Lawrence Toafili and Rodney Hill and and others I think I think in terms of like what the yards per carry end up as at the end of the year, you might end up seeing like a similar uh, profile to whoever fills in, whoever ends up with the second most. Carry. I think it's going to be both of them. I think they're going to do like take a seal of it. I think they're going to money ball it and have like, two players kind of replicate one Trey Sean, to be honest with you. Yeah, 
that's possible. The the thing I wonder more than that, even though, or more than that, even is whether Jordan Travis ends up running the ball for next year to compensate for an, a question mark, really the only question mark, I think remaining about the offense going into next season. Like obviously the offensive line could always get better, but I think we know what we have in that unit. I'm not sure we know exactly what we're going to get from everybody behind Trey Benson. So that's, that's still a bit of an unknown. Um, Jordan Travis had carried the ball at least 60 times in last season and the season before that. And meaning the 2021 and 2020 seasons, 2022 only carried the ball 44 times. That's not very many. Um, So I do wonder if he'll be called upon to run the ball a little more, or if now that he has more of a control of the offense as a whole, and he doesn't have to just run, he's proven he can throw the ball, whether you're going to see him run it more just as a result of that. But I obviously, I think the best runner on the team is Jordan Travis. I, I think more so than Trey Benson, even. I think when Jordan Travis is intending to run and he decides it and he goes for it, I don't think there's anyone more dangerous or magic on this team than Jordan Travis. He just makes something out of nothing. So I think the possibility is there for him to replace some of Trey, uh, Trey Sean Ward's productivity. But mm-hmm. still, from the running back group, I think it's still the only question mark I really have about this offense. Yeah, I think the only thing, though, I think with Jordan Travis, I'm not really going to be worried about him taking more carries primarily because even when Christian Ward was hurt for what it was like three weeks, I think, in the middle of the season, and then when he did come back, he didn't have more than five carries towards the end of the season until the Oklahoma game, and that's when he had the 10 carries. So that's how good Trey Benson was. And that's also like how I think important it was to have Rodney Hill kind of like not redshirt, but basically be able to like learn behind all of them because I Holmes, same thing, and then Lawrence Tofilly basically putting that away that's necessary so i'm not worried about jordan kind of having to do a little more using his legs because i think that was the big thing about jordan was he was able to supplement an elite passing attack because that's what he was what he had what his arm was with the opportunity of actually having that dynamic running ability so i think to me i'm not worried about that and i don't think you should worry about that either dave don't don't be worried about dave you just, just uh just chill a little bit just chill a little bit I'm trying to find anything to talk about here because we're going to be damn good next year and it, I, I really do think it's going to be hard both before and after the fact to find things to complain about with this team we have going into next year. So Dave, I know, I've known you for how long now? I think you, 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 you have a magic gift to find something to complain about it's and like will, in your DNA. And I will do my best. And I'm trying right now because I'm not complaining about the running back room at all. I think because I Holmes is going to surprise a lot of people. I think, I think he's going to get more carries and be a lot more productive for this team than most people realize. Like it was a stud coming out of high school. So I, the talent's there, the talent's there. And some of the proven productivity is there, especially with Toa Feely. So Not, yeah, I completely agree with that. And with Kasai Holmes too, like he only stopped right. playing because the kid at Penn State right now, that kid's going to be like a first round pick too. They're starting running back. So, but at the end of the day, I think we'd be better off if we had Drayshon Ward as, as like no, known to be taking those carries to spell Benson. Uh, and, and God forbid, knock on wood, something were to happen to Trey Benson during the season. I wouldn't feel great at that point. However, if Trayshawn Ward were here, I, I, I wouldn't expect all of that much of a drop-off. So we're going to need some quick growing up, I think, from the room behind Trey Benson. I think they're capable of it. But like I said, that's just going to be like, I think the one thing I'm watching for more than anything about the offense. No, I completely agree with you. It, it is a loss, and I'm happy for Trayshawn to kind of have the number one capability over Kansas State. Go get your money, son. You yep. basically... I mean, like he, the kid has everything elite except for maybe some speed, but maybe Kansas State will be a spot where he can actually showcase the NFL teams that he's a true number one back. But folks, we're the number one show for each and every single day for all your seminal sports, daily sports needs. Dave, 
please let the folks know how much you love them. Sorry, I know we're not doing that anymore, but also please let them know what to do on the YouTube and the podcast level. Well, since Drake told me to, and only because Drake told me to, I love you. Um, for the pod, I'm just joking. I do love each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. Sincerely, we couldn't do this without you. And I always say that, but it's always true. Uh, for the podcast, find us anywhere you find your podcast. I think Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play. Allegedly, there's other places. I've never heard of them. Maybe you have. Maybe you use them. Find us there. Uh, for the YouTube, give the video a like if you would. It takes two seconds, and we would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you could subscribe to the channel, as Drake mentioned, I think we're like 15 or something away from 2,000. That would be an awesome number to hit. And we are super grateful. Um, if you want to ding that little bell over at the top, that'll tell you when our episodes drop. That is a useful tool for you too. And leave us some comments. I want to know how you feel about the running back room behind Trey Benson. I think that's the most interesting question for me going into next year. And folks, that was Dave. This was Drake. And we'll see you all next time on Lockdown Sentinels. Take care, everybody. Go Knowles. <laughs>